Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. All right, welcome back to episode 64, right? 64, yes, 63. I believe. 64. I had 63 on my script, but it is 64 of two drunk brothers in a podcast presented by The Hub Chicago. And we are going to dive in and just kind of do what we did last week, you know, talk a little bit about the weekend before um, the NFL, preview the conference championship weekend. And then obviously, unless you've been living under a rock for the last few weeks or the last couple months, UFC 246 is this Saturday, and it's a big one. Conor McGregor is returning to the Octagon for the first time in 14 months. So we'll talk about that in the trending topic segment. But with that being said, I'll let Travis kind of spill the beans. After a profitable week one in 2020 last weekend, took a little bit of a dip, I believe. Yeah. Um, sorry, I dropped my pen in the floor. Um, yeah, last week was no bueno um, for the gambling side of things. Um, we are down. I am down 0.6 units on the year now after being up a little bit last week, and Jarrett is now up 0.75 units. So collectively, though, still up 0.15 units. Whether or not you're gambling big or small, you're not losing. I am losing personally, but yeah. if you're listening to us, you're not. Well, I mean, a good chance to turn it around this weekend. Luckily, we will get – we're going to throw a few more things your way. Um, since there's only two games, we, we threw in a – two uh, special little dealios for y'all. Um, but let's talk about this past weekend's game. It was NFL divisional um, playoffs. Let's start with Saturday, chronological order. The early game on Saturday was the we saw the Vikings, who would upset the Saints. They visit San Francisco to play the 49ers. And this was, to me, by far and away, the most boring of the four games all weekend. Um, yeah, I was. I would say it's a close, close. I mean, right there next to the Packers and Seahawks game for me in terms of not fun to watch. Kirk Cousins showed us that he actually does suck on prime time once again after showing out the weekend before. Yeah, I mean that game just wasn't fun. The Vikings looked like shit. They couldn't run the ball. It was horrible. That's what I was gonna say. I mean the. We watched Dalvin Cook completely pulverize the Saints in wildcard weekend, like the reason why they won, essentially. And then we saw, you know, the Niners just held them to 18 yards. Um, on, I mean, he only got nine carries, but, I mean, he wasn't getting shit done. So the Vikings were like, fuck it, we got to go elsewhere. And they just, the Niners defense was the story of that game. You know, it was never a close game throughout. Um, so let's move on to the late game on Saturday, which – uh, an outcome that I don't think anybody saw coming. Like we all thought like, yes, you may have bet on the Titans to cover the spread against the Ravens. 
but no one in their right minds was picking the Titans to win. And if they were, they did not believe it wholeheartedly. I bet. That's kind of how I felt about the Titans versus Patriots game. They've really just come out of nowhere. Derrick Henry ran all over the Ravens and then in a route that I love to see. I love seeing Lamar Jackson do horrible. It was great. While the game may not have been super exciting, I just had a grin on my face the entire time. Yeah, it was cool to watch. I mean, I got really pumped on the first two touchdowns the Titans scored. One that I think it was – who's the tight end that caught that? Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith who had an amazing catch, got his ass cheek down in bounds um, to get that first touchdown. And then Tannehill just threw an absolute fucking dime to a wide open. Was it Some, a- somebody? I don't know who that guy yeah, was. It wasn't wasn't AJ Brown or anybody like that. Um, but I mean, and that's kind of the recipe they're having. Like everyone's giving Tannehill shit for like because he's thrown for under a hundred yards both games in the playoffs. But he makes those throws when they matter. Like as like that's all he needs to do. He's just got to make the throws that they need him to make and then let Derrick Henry do, do the rest, you know? Yep, I totally agree. So, I mean, he's just – he's playing the role-playing position that he is because he's not going to win you the game himself. Exactly, um, exactly. But that was it for Saturday. The Sunday games, the Houston Texans looked like they had the Chiefs beat. Uh, it didn't look like it was going to be a good game. And then Chiefs turned around. I would say that, honestly, that game was fun to watch for, like, 10 minutes. And then you're like, okay – here come the Chiefs. Yeah. Here comes Bill O'Brien losing the game. So to me, that was probably that probably was the most fun game to watch all weekend. And I will be hundred percent honest with you guys. I got to watch the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter. I was actually out and about on Sunday doing some home renovation shopping for my new house, being an adult and shit. And it sucked to miss that. I, I knew as soon as that game was coming on, like I'm gonna miss probably the most exciting game all weekend. And, and I look, was looking at my phone in Lowe's, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Travis is texting me. My father-in-law is texting me. Like, Chiefs are done. Game over, especially after that block punt. And, I mean, that's just insane What how they were down by 24, and then but didn't they go on like a 41-point run? They were like a 34-point run is what it ended up being. But regardless, it was dumb. Bill O'Brien, again, outcoached himself showed that he does not have what it takes to be a coach in the NFL. Him and his butt chin need to go elsewhere. Yeah, if um, if he doesn't play the uh, – who they play in the first round again? The Bills. Yeah, if he doesn't play Sean McDermott, who coached worse than him, uh, then I think he would have – I mean, he's just not a good coach. Like, plain and simple. He needs to go back to college where he was good at. He's not an NFL coach. Um, the problem is, is in Houston, there's no GM there. So the owner has to fire him um, and bring in a whole new regime if that is the case. And you hear him say, like, uh, when he went for that when he went for that fake punt, you know, going for that fake punt on fourth and one. On third and one, he was like, yeah, we, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a play in mind. So we had to – didn't they burn a timeout or, or, or some shit like that? Yeah, I mean, it was something dumb. Yeah, basically, he put his foot in his mouth. And was like, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't have a play in my playbook to for that situation. Like, who doesn't have a play in their playbook to get one fucking yard? Like, isn't that the goal of every play in your playbook to at least get a yard? Yeah, I, I, dude, I don't know. That guy's just lost. That game wasn't that fun to watch. It was fun for a little bit, but then it just kind of 
you knew the Chiefs were going to take over. Well, it's fun for us and, to bet on the Chiefs. Yeah, that, that was the only good part of it. Yeah. Um, and then the second game of the day, the Packers and Seahawks, I just – I think it's just boring to watch both these teams. If we're being completely honest, I I've never, I cannot stand it. Yeah, no, the Packers are an extremely boring team to watch. Aaron Rodgers is the slowest quarterback in the NFL in terms of getting to the line and running a play. It is, they're just so slow and so boring to watch. So I don't care to see that 49ers Packers game this weekend. I did watch the game. Um, just cause I, just cause I missed the first one on Sunday or the majority of it. And I, as I, as you guys know, if you listen to the podcast, I had Seahawks plus four. Um, of course, they lost by five because Pete Carroll went for two whenever they were, whenever they, it was 28-23 and they scored that touchdown, which I get it. You know, you go for two, you get it. You're down by a field goal. But I was just saying, please just kick the fucking extra point so I can push at the very minimum. But And then they gave the ball back to Russell Wilson. And, the, I mean, the Packers defense stepped up when they needed to. I just neither – they that win did not impress me. By any stretch, by any stretch of the measure, for them. No, absolutely not. But who knows? Who knows what we'll see from Aaron Rodgers? I know that you know. I don't think they're historically good in San Fran or on the road in the playoffs. I'm not really sure, but I know they, that they, they lost on they, they lost in San Francisco earlier this year, 33 to eight. That's what it, coming off the bye week. That's what it was. I just know they're good at home, and that's about it in the playoffs. You don't want to play at Lambeau, but. That was your NFL game, national championship on Monday night. Again, I feel like a game that was good for about the first half. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's just so much – for me, it's really fun to watch Joe Burrow. I think the stuff he's able to do um, is amazing. Trevor Lawrence, he didn't have a whole lot of help, um, but he also didn't make the greatest throws in the world, threw some ducks, overthrew some guys. But they just had no one on that offense. And then – they went to Travis Etienne when they came when they brought it within when it was twenty eight twenty five or whatever it was. After that, Travis Etienne had one carry the rest of the game. Yeah, I don't know. He was get, he was averaging five six yards a carry. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, his wide receiver getting open. He picked probably the worst day ever to have the worst performance of his college career. Yep. And everyone's like, "I'm sorry, I'm gonna down talk shit on not talk shit." but discredit Joe Burrow a little bit. That dude had eight, nine seconds in the pocket. Every fucking play, his wide receivers were wide open on every single play. So let's just pump the brakes on that. He has three potential first-round wide receivers on his team. Yeah, I mean, he has a lot of weapons. And I, I you got to chalk that up. You got to blame Dabo Sweeney or uh, Brent, Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator. Russian three linemen. Cannot do that. It was horrible. He had all day to make plays. Well, he just he dialed up blitzes on the on the wrong times. It seemed like every time he dialed up a blitz, they ran in a gap where they weren't blitzing. And then every time they didn't blitz, Joe Burrow dropped back to pass and, like you said, had all day. And even when they did get to him, this is the one thing about Joe, Joe Burrow that I think is, is, is solid, is he has pretty good pocket awareness, be able to step up, evade the rush whenever it does get close to him, and make throws on the run, which to me is what's impressive. Not a lot of NFL quarterbacks can do that. Um, it was still a fun game by, you know, for me. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, even though we both had Clemson to cover, uh, it was cool to see a new team get crowned for once in the last five years. Yeah. I mean, they they pulled out their best Houston Texans impression after starting – they started the game 
then they got outscored 38 to eight to finish the game. So that's just, you can't yeah, do that. I don't know what they did on the offensive side of the ball. That was so bad. Like you, uh, kind of like we just said, they they quit going. It's horrible to watch. They quit going to Travis Etienne. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, like you said, probably picked the worst op- the worst time to have his one of his worst performances. So, um, I mean, he's still what twenty six and twenty five or twenty five and one as a college starter or some shit like that. So yeah, uh, dude's got a whole other year to kind of do a comeback tour and uh, get after it. But that was your weekend in football. We only got two games this weekend, sadly, but we'll give you a lot to talk about in Degenerates Digest, so let's get after it. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. My friends are degenerate, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. All right, Degenerate's Digest. We have, of course, only two games to pick from. We're going to give you guys a little something extra on the end of those. Conference championships on Sunday start at 2.05 Central Time. Titans at Chiefs. Chiefs are dropped down to seven-point favorites as of right now. This is Wednesday night. And the over-under is 52-and-a-half. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. I will go ahead and just lead it off. I am going Titans plus seven with two units on this one. I just think that it's, and I'm not saying Titans are going to win, but I just think it's going to be so hard to stop Derrick Henry. The Patriots couldn't do it and the Ravens couldn't do it. And those are the fifth and sixth best ranked defenses against the run this season. The Chiefs defense ranks 26th against the run this season, allowing 128 yards per game. On the ground, Henry's last seven of his eight, he's went for over 100 on the ground. I just, I just don't think the Chiefs have enough to stop him. All right. Um, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going with Chiefs minus seven, three-unit bet. Um, the difference between the Patriots and the Ravens, and people are going to fucking flame me for this, is I think the quarterback position and the offensive weapons that the Chiefs have. You know, Obviously, the Patriots didn't have it. 
yeah, the Ravens had some historical numbers this year, but Lamar Jackson is not the passer that Patrick Mahomes is. Um, and, you know, the Titans were able to stop the run against the Ravens. They were able to stop Lamar Jackson. I think they're going to struggle with the weapons in the, sec- in, in the secondary that the Chiefs have. So I'm doing three units at minus seven. Um, I just I, – I know Tennessee's been a great story. I just don't see them defying the odds three weeks in a row, um, especially against a, a, a talented Chiefs team. So that's, that's big – that's my main reason is just the offense alone for Kansas City. Hey, I didn't tell you they were going to win, but I'm going to give you a stat that might make you feel a little bit uneasy about this. Over the last 20 years, there have been only 13 conference championship matchups with a spread of seven points or greater. The underdog is 10-3 and three in those matchups. Yeah, I mean, it would totally be a Kansas City thing for them to lose uh, by 100%. Like, typical Andy Reid, you know, you get there, you got – Somehow, as a two seed, you got the home advantage in the AFC championship game. Um, so, I would, would not surprise me. But I will say this. I don't know my stats on betting on the Chiefs this year, but I know they've been fucking very good to me. I know they were like lock week one. I hammered them last weekend. They've been good to me. So, I'm going to continue to roll that train until they aren't good to me anymore. So, that's that's another big reason for me. All right. The second game of the day. The last one at 540 Central. Packers at Niners in San Francisco. The spread is minus seven and a half. 49ers are the favorites. Over under 45. And I am hitting actually the over of 45. And I'm doing three units on that. Jared's smiling. It looks like he's probably got the under. Yeah, I do. I got two units on the under. So we literally have... It's literally going to be a weekend of which brother do you do you want to tail and which brother do you want to fade? I don't know. I just think 45 is very low for both of these offense offenses. I just – I don't see it not hitting. Last week I took the under in the Packers game, which was 47, and they just – it was a score fest up until the fourth quarter. So I'm going to roll, I'm going to roll with the over of 45. Man, and like I said, I'm going with the under two units, so not as confident as Travis is with the over. Um, the thing is with the Packers last weekend is they played the Seahawks, who have had not a great defense all year long. Um, and the Niners do. Um, the Niners have an elite defense. They held Dalvin Cook last week, and a big part of the Packers' offense against Seattle was relying on Aaron Jones in that rushing game. They ran for 109 yards. Um, so – that was a, a, a big a big part of their offense. Yes, Aaron Rodgers made plays like he always does, and he always will. There's no eliminating that because he's a great, phenomenal quarterback. But I think San Francisco can hold Aaron Jones at bay, keep him bottled up, and really get that pass rush, pass rush dialed up. They have – me and Travis talking about Solomon Thomas. I forgot all about him. He's a phenomenal pass rusher, second or third year in the league, and he's third or fourth best defensive end on the Niners. So – when you have that much talent, that that low down, I see that uh, that being a problem for the Packers. I'm thinking like a 21-13 Niners win here. We'll see. I don't know. I just see that – I just foresee points being scored in this game to win. I, I mean, obviously points in general, but like a decent amount of points to win this game. Nice job, Booger McFarlane. I mean, I'm just – I'm saying like I just have – I see an offense having to do well to win this game. 
We'll see what it is. You're not, I just you're not, envisioning, a de- you're not envisioning a defensive battle is what you're trying to say. No, and I'm hoping that I'm right because I really don't want to see a boring game for the second weekend in a row from the Packers. Yeah, I get you. No, yeah, so literally, you know, we went opposite on both of those. So which which brother you want to t- fade? Which one, which one do you want to tail? One of us is going to be looking pretty good in 2020, and one of us is probably looking pretty bad after this weekend. Probably um, me. What? Probably me. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Um, <laughs> when you talk about a Chiefs team who was down by 24 points and then scored 40 unanswered. So um, we're going to introduce, since we only have two picks this weekend, and there's a lot of football on, it's really like the last weekend where we have multiple football games um, until the XFL, um, which we're, we'll see how that, that plays out. So we're going to introduce two things this weekend. We're going to do a prop bet of the weekend. Now, obviously, we are very limited on the prop bets we got to choose from. A lot of books don't release their prop bets until later in the week, usually the day before or the morning of, um, because they want to see player reports, who's playing, who's not, and shit like that. Um, So we had a very few props to choose from. We're picking a prop of the week, and we're also doing a teaser of the weekend. Now, these teasers can be as big or as little as we want. And for those of you who don't know what teasers are, essentially you pick more than one team. You get to tease tease the bet, you know, a certain amount of points. We'll explain when we'll get there. Well, let's start off with the prop bet of the weekend. Travis, what is your prop bet of the weekend? Mine is going to be Travis Kelsey, Chiefs' first touchdown score. Chiefs' first touchdown score. The odds are a plus 300 on this. And for a man who caught the only three touchdowns of the first half last week, it just seems – Pretty good that Travis Kelsey might catch the first touchdown. Yeah, um, on Sunday, I definitely don't disagree because if I mean when the Ravens were successful against the Titans, they were throwing it to Mark Andrews, Boyle, Doyle, whatever the fuck his name is. They were hitting their tight ends, so it seems like the Titans may have some issues issues with the tight end. I don't hate that. Mine is also going to be in the Chiefs Titans game. It's going to be the first Titans player to score a touchdown. And I'm going with Derrick Henry. It's plus 200. I'm putting one unit on this. Um, so plus 200, one, one unit. Um, like Travis already said earlier, the Chiefs had the 26th ranked run defense in 2019. Um, I anticipate Derrick Henry to have a couple of scores, even though I still think the Chiefs are going to cover and win. Um, and I think he may actually be the only Titans player to see the end zone in, in this game. I don't see them passing a bunch on the Chiefs. I do see them running it down their throats and Derrick Henry getting a couple of touchdowns. So The thing with Derrick Henry getting a touchdown is it's either got to be goal line or it's going to be a, a long run. Yeah, and against the 20s. Like Ryan Tannehill's perfect throwing those like 10 to 30-yard touchdowns. Yeah, I know. I just thought it was a uh, – for the 26 run defense, I thought it was a good bet, good value at plus 200 um, to, to lay down a unit on. So – that was mine. Did you say how many units you're going to do on yours? Just one. Okay. Just, I mean, I'm not going to throw it down. That's just silly on a prop yeah. bet. Um, and then our next one, we're going to do a teaser of the weekend. This doesn't have to be a certain amount of teams, certain amount of points. For those of you who don't know what a teaser is, you're essentially adding a certain amount of points in your favor onto either the spread or the over-under. Mine is going to be a seven-point Football teaser, obviously. And I'm going to do all the lines you can bet. I'm going to make it a four-line teaser. Is going to be Titans plus 14 
and an over of 46 in the Titans-Chiefs game. And I'm going to do Packers plus 14 and a half and an over of 38 in that game. That gives you plus 200 odds in total, and I'd be comfortable doing one unit on that. All right. Don't hate that one at all. Mine is going to be a three-team seven-point teaser as well. Um, I am doing three lines. I'm, I left one out on the weekend. I'm going to do Kansas City minus – when I locked it in, it was minus .5, but now you could probably get it at Kansas City even. So basically, essentially, the Chiefs to win the ball game. Um, San Francisco at minus .5. Um, and then – so essentially, you know, picking them to win also – and then the San Francisco Green Bay under of 52. So expanding that under a bit, um, 52 points there. Uh, that is plus 150 odds, so not as great as Travis's. But I feel comfortable doing three units. Um, I usually don't feel that comfortable with teasers doing that many. But for me, I do feel like Kansas City and San Francisco are going to win. Um, the under is the only one that scares me just a little bit. Hell, you might have better odds just doing um, Chiefs. 49ers money line parlay on that. Maybe. I, I doubt it though, because they're like way heavy favorites, like minus like two, 300 something. So potentially, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I was just thinking, you know, since they're both either point, since they're both probably point five favorites, um, obviously essentially to win for those of you who know, you cannot push on a teaser or else you lose. Yes. So I theoretically um, could not push on either of those because it's essentially taking them to win. Right. Let me see here. Yeah, Kansas City is minus three thirty. San Francisco is minus three sixty five. Yeah. Money line. Yeah, the odds are st- are minus one fifty two on those. Yeah. So throwing the teaser, throwing that over under. So mine again, just to re- recap. Kansas City, pretty much, you know, to win. San Francisco to win. And then uh, the San Francisco Green Bay under a 52, um, depending on your book, whatever it may be. Uh, but that is my, my teaser of the weekend. So hopefully you guys are able to track that. Um, you, could, you could actually take both of ours and win, and win them both, couldn't you? Yeah, you could. I mean, as long as the games are within 13 so, points. Yeah. And the Packers games within 38 or 39 to 51. Yep. You'd be, uh, you could be sitting pretty. So there's the teasers. We want to throw something different for you guys since we only had two games. But in the trending topic section coming up, we got UFC 246 this weekend. All right, UFC 246 in Las Vegas is happening this weekend. It is a giant card um, for one reason only, really. And this guy is a big draw every time. Connor. The notorious McGregor makes his return. His first time fighting in the octagon since October of 2018 when he lost to Habib Nurmagomedov via, um, I guess, rear-naked choke in the fourth round. Uh, Travis and I were shit-faced at a bar across the river in bumfuck Kentucky watching that fight. So The the official ruling on that was a neck crank. A neck crank. That That's stupid. That was pretty much a rear-naked choke. Um, yeah. Any hoosers, they are – there's – the card is – we're not going to lie to you guys. And, you know, we've, we've said it before. We talked about UFC. You know, this card's amazing, blah, blah. This card really is okay, except for the fact you get to watch one of the best to ever do it, you know, headline the fight um, against Cowboy Cerrone. So we're going to talk about three fights that are on the main card. 
the only, the only three fights, probably that fighter that have fighters that you guys have heard of or know of. Uh, the other t- two of the other fights on the main card are just kind of up and comers. Um, so we're going to go ahead and kick it off, talk about that. The first fight on the main card of the night, it's a lightweight fight. So it's at 155. You got number 11, Anthony Showtime Pettis, who's plus 200. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Facing Diego Ferreria, who is minus 260. Um, I've never heard of this Diego guy before. Um, obviously, we all know the Showtime kick. So this one's kind of a, a weird pick for me because I don't know much about, about uh, Pettis' opponent. Yeah, I don't – I've never heard of the guy, and somehow he's a you know minus 260 favorite. I will say, though – I mean, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if this guy was, you know, a young up-and-coming guy, but he's not. He's like 34 or 36 years old. You know, he's seen his time in the UFC. So I'm going Anthony Pettis here to win, which is plus 200. At, um, all my fights are one unit. It was tough for me, but just based off the competition that, that Anthony Pettis has fought over the years compared to Diego, it's not even close. And, I mean, I know – Anthony Pettis has lost, you know, nine fights, but his last five losses have been to Diaz, Ferguson, Poirier, Holloway, and Barboza. Jesus. So those five losses are incredible. Very, very good fighters. I don't know how he's an underdog, but I'm going to ride him. Um, I'm going to say that he knocks him out in the second round because he can stand up and throw like no other. Yep. I am also going with Anthony Pettis here. I'm going to do one unit as well. Um, Kind of like the same thing. Like literally my first point is kind of what Travis just talked about. This Diego guy hasn't fought anyone that's really that great. When I was looking at like his his record and who he's fought, the best fight that he has is Dustin Poirier back in 2015. And Dustin Poirier knocked him out in the first round. Uh, so he's also wins a lot of his fights by decision. Um, and Pettis is a KO guy. You know, he, he goes for the kill. 50% of his wins have come by TKO or, K, uh, or, or knockout. And I actually shared a tweet with Travis this morning. Pettis, his last fight was against Nate Diaz. He lost by decision. But he was doing a piss test for US, for, the, for, for USADA. And um, apparently it's a glass bottle. And he'd already done a piss test once. And they wanted him to do it right, right, right before the fight. And on the glass bottle, after he had peed in it, he's, he's the only one that, that can handle it. He apparently cut his hand on it. And like his trainer didn't want him to fight, but he went through with the DS fight and lost. Not saying that's the reason why he is, but the dude's a tough son of a bitch. Um, in his last eight fights, he's like one lost, one lost, one lost. So he lost to Diaz. He's about due for one here. Pettis by round three TKO. 
All right, Jack goes round three. I go round two. Uh, the next event is the co-main event. We got a women's bantamweight fight. Y'all know the first girl, or should. Number three ranked in the bantamweight division is Holly, the preacher's daughter, Holm, versus number five, Raquel, Rocky Pennington. Holly Holm was a minus 140 favorite, and Raquel Pennington is plus 110. This is a really close matchup, and it's one that I am probably overlooking. Not really overlooking, but I am going the favorite here with Holly Holm for one unit. Um, Jared's shaking his head. I'm sure he's doing the same. It was hard to pick against Raquel Pennington, though. These two fought back in 2015, and it was decided to split decision. Um, I feel like Holly Holm. Those split decisions are always bullshit. Yeah, they're they're so dumb. I just feel like Holly Holmes' minute of fame came against Ronda Rousey, which was back in 2015. You know that since that fight, she is two and five. Yeah, she's it's not great, which is which was a big reason why I was like, I honestly sat down and thought about this fight longer than I should have. Oh yeah, for sure. I I was teetering on the edge of Holly Holm or Raquel Pennington, um, but I ended up giving the nod to Holm. Because same as Anthony Pettis, the names that she's lost to in those last five fights have been, you know, some of the most elite of the elite in women's UFC. It was Misha Tate, Valentina Shevchenko, Jermaine de Randamy, Chris Cyborg, and Amanda Nunez. Yeah, that's a fucking gauntlet. So give pair that with the fact that she's a knockout artist. Raquel has only knocked out one opponent in her yep. MMA career. And so, she won 10 fights by, by decision. Yeah. So what I'm going with here is that Holmes going to need to keep this standing up, throw shots at her if she doesn't knock her out, um, which I don't know what Raquel Pennington's you know, game plan is going to be. I'm going to go home by decision. Okay. Wow. So you went – see, I think, I think if this fight goes, goes to decision, we're in trouble because Holly Holm is not one to dominate a fight ever, like if it goes a lot of rounds. Um, she gets, she's 38 years old. She gets winded. Pennington's 31. Um, so I think if it goes, you know, past, if it gets near the end of the second round and she hasn't done a lot, then I'm going to be worried. I will say this, and I'm going to say it ahead of time. I can see somebody, Holly Holm, getting fucked in this fight by a decision. I can oh. see her not necessarily dominating, but winning the fight and getting screwed on a decision and she loses. I'm going to call that now. I could see that happening. It happens once every card. It just—it's the nature of the game. Um, and anytime you—you you like Pat Mackey says it best. Anytime you involve humans in decision making, there's going to be some kind of error involved, um, which is the scoring system with UFC. So, uh, however, like I said, if it goes to the decision, I don't think Holm will be the winner, which is why Holm has a 67% win rate by TKO. She's not only looking to avenge her loss to Pennington in their first fight, but she's also looking to avenge her loss against, against Amanda Nunez back in July. I read an article that she is, she's like, I'm not done. She goes, I am the only reason why I took this fight. She goes, if I wanted to be done, if I didn't think I had another shot at the title, I would have retired after the Nunez loss, but I think I have another shot. I have another run at it. So I am here and I'm going to do it. I think she's on a mission. She knows she has limited fights left. So I'm actually going to say home by round one TKO. So, yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that she can't knock her out. I'm just saying that I don't see, because I'm just going to spoil it for you. I see this next one being, a, the next fight being a finish. I don't see 
three finishes on this card or early stoppages. So I just kind of went yeah. off the charts. Well, we also didn't talk about the other two. Like, I mean, so. Yeah, there's two, there's two fights on this card we're not covering, which are the second and third fights. Um, but either way, we both have Holly Holm winning. Both have Anthony Pettis winning. Takes us into the main event, um, which is the welterweight bout between the fourth-ranked welterweight um, or fourth-ranked yeah. lightweight. Yeah. Connor, the, the notorious McGregor, coming up for this fight. He is a minus 325 heavy favorite versus number five lightweight, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who is plus 250. Yeah. Um, so they're both coming up for this fight. I feel – has Cerrone fought here before? Cerrone and McGregor have both fought here before. Remember McGregor, the first time he fought Diaz, he fought him at 170. Um, so they both have experience at 170. And there's an interesting theory behind this. And I was listening to uh, my mom's basement today, Robbie Fox from Barstool. He's a big MMA guy. He's actually going out to Vegas. And the big, and the big understanding is that Connor's fighting this, wants to fight this at 170 because um, Habib – and Tony Ferguson are slated to fight in April at 155. And they've been trying to fight for, like, what what it seems like five fucking years now, like forever, and that every time someone backs out. So Connor thinks that's going to happen again, and he wants to be, hey, I'll step in and do it. So that way he doesn't have to cut weight for this fight down to 155 and then do it again in April. So um, that's kind of the, the mindset I think that he has and why, why it's at welterweight. Gotcha. Um, but – this fight does scare me. I know me and Joe were talking the other day. Donald Cerrone did an interview and said that he he knows he can take him down, and that's where he'll have, find success. But he wanted to stand up and you know go to toe to toe with him because he's one of the all time best. So he said, "Why not try to knock out the best?" Um, but we all know that Connor's weakness is very, very much so on the ground. Yeah, all four of his losses in his MMA career have come from submission. Um, and that's Cerrone's strong point. He has fucking 17 submissions in his MMA career, which is insane. Yeah, this dude, this dude, he also has the most leg kick knockouts in UFC history also. And the most fights in UFC history. Donald Cerrone is old, but he is very good. Um, I just, I don't know. This one scares me. I know you're going to pick Conor McGregor. Um, he does hold a one-inch reach advantage on Cerrone. But you got to think, too, he's going to be swinging up four inches because Cerrone's 6'1", McGregor's 5'9". So I think his little, you know, over-the-top left-hand jab is going to be cut down a little bit by that height disparity. Um, I just think that Donald Cerrone says that he's going to stand up and fight, but if he gets in trouble, you know he's going to take it to the ground. And I've seen Connor in this position before. Um, I'm going to be rooting for him, but – a betting man, I'm going to have to take Cerrone by submission here. Okay, okay. I, so my problem with Cerrone is he's, he's a great fighter. Don't get me wrong. And he's a fan favorite. He, I like watching him fight. He's fun to fight. But he loses a lot. I mean, more often than, than he wins. Um, recently also. Well, he's 36 and 13. Yeah, but recently is, is kind of what I'm talking about. Like in, I feel like in recent years I've seen him lose more than win. Um, and, but he's also, he got some, some new training and stuff like that. Um, uh, I mean, this is at the, at the end of the day, this is a glorious fight for fans. You're literally getting to watch two guys that like to fight. And like Travis alluded that to that interview that, um, Cerrone did with, uh, Brett Okamoto at ESPN. 
and he 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 just wants to fight. So my thing here is and why I think I think we're seeing a different Conor McGregor than we have in the last three to five years. I mean, leading up to this fight, we haven't seen any over the top antics. He's not drinking at press conferences. He's not. Um, you know, bad mouthing Cerrone. He's actually kind of being, he seems like he's kind of come down to earth a bit and he seems more focused on the game than ever. Like that, that's thing. That's point number one. And point number two is that Cerrone wants to stand up and trade with them. Cerrone starts out fight slow. Also notoriously slow. And you can't do that against Connor. Um, if this fight makes it past the, the second round, I'm going to be nervous. Cause I think that's when Cerrone's like, fuck it. I'm going to take it to the ground. Which is why I think I think Connor gets a not a KO. I think Connor's gonna pin him up against against the, the cage and like catch him with a couple jabs and then Cerrone's gonna stop defending himself and the ref's gonna stop it. So round two TKO Connor for me, five units on this one. Oh man. That, but then again, I mean you want five units, you're gonna almost have to at minus three twenty five. Yeah. I honestly probably well, I did put only one unit on Cerrone. I might just try to enjoy this fight and not bet it um, just for my own sake. But while you say Donald Cerrone has lost as of late, he hasn't fought no scrubs either. No. His, his losses have been Justin Gagey, Tony Ferguson, Leon Edwards, Darren Till, Robbie Lawler, Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. So. But Conor McGregor is in those, is, is in those guys' wheelhouse. If not, I would say I would put Conor above – Gaethje, I would put Connor above. Um, Leon Edwards, I would put Connor above. Tony Ferguson. Um, but I'm just saying at the same time, like he, he's oh, a lot no. of very good people. This fight is definitely – I don't think it should be this this big a favorite. It is because they – I mean, I don't know, man. It's just uh, – it's going to be fun regardless. Like I, I like, like Travis said, I just want to sit back and enjoy it. Um, now, like people – I kind of wanted to bring up this question, like about Connor McGregor. If he loses this fight, like, should he walk away and be done? Or should he continue to try? Because he seems like – he said he wants to fight three times this year. He's calling it the 2020 season. He wants to fight three times. I um, just don't – I don't see it in him. I mean, this is his first fight in – or his second fight in almost three years. Yeah. Well, second MMA oh. – The boxing fight doesn't count. No, so – Because this is a whole other ballgame. But before that, he hadn't fought since November of 2016. Yeah, so this is his second fight in a little over three years. Yeah, a little over three years. Third, third fight because he he beat he fought he beat um, Eddie Alvarez in November of 2016. Then he beat Nate. No, he beat Eddie Alvarez 2016. That's it, and then Khabib. Yeah, so this is his third fight in three years, which I get it. No, he beat Nate in August of 2016, so he beat Nate before Eddie. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I was getting mixed up there, but I just think that I've I, I've been watching Connor and following Connor for a long time, and I don't see the cockiness, the arrogance, the you know I'm gonna I see a more calculated and focused person, and that's that's big for me. Like you haven't seen a lot of antics, so um, which I kind of like. I like the antics are funny, but at the end of the day, I think they're more a distraction than, than anything. So yeah, we'll see. It should be fun. Um, I'm excited for it. Those are some gambling picks for you. We are going to count them in case they lose. But um, before we before we log off, we haven't done this in a couple of weeks. You want to do some answer the internet questions? Yeah, I do, but I don't, I don't have my game next to me. Is it available or is it packed up? It is. I think it's downstairs in my basement. 
you should go grab it. All right. Well, Travis, we'll fill the dead space, and I'll be back ASAP. Filling dead space. I don't really know how much entertainment I can do by myself over here. Um, we'll just wait. Dead space. Wow, I told him to entertain you guys. He just walks away. All right, well, I'm back. Found the game. It was in my basement, as I imagined it would be. And Travis is nowhere to be found, so I'm going to have to edit this out probably, which is not fun. Hey, step off. I tried to fill in the blank space. I could have sang some Taylor Swift, but I decided to uh, to save our audience for these questions. That's a good one. I'm going to pull out another two. Got to debate the internet. Uh, that's stupid. I hate it. Like, the porn stuff's funny, but they have way too much of it in here. Yeah, there's some some very ridiculous questions. Yeah. Like, it, 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 a few of them are funny, but after a while, it's just like, come on, guys. Like, how old are we? Oh, come on. One more. God, see, another masturbating one in public. Nope. Not, public? Yeah, I'm not going to do that one. Hold on. Here we go. I got some good ones. Some ones that Travis and I are currently going through right now that's not very fun. Um, So I'm actually going to do this one first because the last two are better. All right. An answer to the internet question. This is the answer to the internet. We've got answer the internet, debate, and poll the internet. Um, would Would you rather build your own shelter or hunt for your own food? Um... I don't mind her off the bat. I'm going to say hunt for my own food. So that means what I, how I interpret this question is that you have your house, either you have your house, but you have to hunt for, hunt for your food every day, or you don't have your house and you still have access to a grocery store and shit like that. I absolutely hunt for my own food. I would not because you have to do that every single day for the rest of your life. I would build my own shelter because I would just build a house and then I I built that house and that's it. And I'm done with it. And now I can go to the grocery store and have a house. Do you know how to do, how to run electric and plumbing? I can figure it out. University of YouTube. Doubtful. I'm just going to hunt. By the time you figure that out, you will have no hair left. And I will be eating all the chickens from the farm down the road. Oh, so you're just going to steal some, steal Farmer Joe's chickens? Oh, I'm going to kill people's animals. Not animals, farm animals. <laughs> but no, dude. There's, I'll take my house. I'll take my heat and my AC in the summer and just go kill animals. Well, be cheaper too. Probably, but you live in the middle of fucking town, so I don't know how much hunting there is going to be there. So there's that one. Interesting. Travis goes with hunt. I go with build shelter. Um, this is a debate the internet question. How long could you go sober for? Well, oh, this is funny. This is funny. Funny you say that. What? But funny you may say that. Yeah, I know. It's funny, you guys. It's funny this question came up because Travis and I are currently on day fifteen. We're almost done with day fifteen of not having a drop of alcohol. Haven't had one since New Year's Eve. We know this is two drunk brothers in the podcast, but we needed to be healthy because I felt the, ass after the. In the twenty twenty years so far, we have been the two sober brothers. Yeah. 15 days, no alcohol. I think we're going to make it to 18 because we're, 
probably cave and drink on Saturday for the fights. I haven't decided. I'm doing a diet with my wife, and we're supposed to have no alcohol for like you know a month. But we're gonna cave. Once you see me drinking, you're gonna want to drink. I know, because we're because we're gonna cave next weekend for the Frosty Brewfest. So I'm like, man, can I hold out for one more week, or should I? And then I told Travis, I was like, well, if I just drink for the fights, I drink at the Frosty Brewfest, and I drink on Super Bowl Sunday. Really, that's like three times in 33 days, which isn't that bad. But no, good. Back to anyway, our, how long could I do it? I'm say a month, a month tops. These 15 um, rough. I think I'd go longer than that. Because honestly, like, it's not the fact that I'm like, oh, my God, I need it. I need it. It's just the fact that I want it. If somebody was like, you can't drink alcohol, I could probably go, I'd say, three months. 90 days. You could, I, I could do 90 days without it. Like you're going into a, uh, a rehab center. Exactly. Send me there, bitch. I'll come out good. <laughs> well, you're not an alcoholic, so you <laughs> good. come out even better. But I mean, so I don't know, man. Like, like you said, like, it's just, I love having a casual, like, I just love, like, I don't have to get shit faced. I just like drinking a casual beer when I'm watching a game, you know, on a Saturday afternoon or something like that. And I haven't done that at all. And there was Monday, Monday night. It was Monday. It was a long day for us. And me and my wife were just like, she's like, man, I really want, I, I almost told you to stop at the gas station to get beer. And I was like, no, we're going to stick to this. We're, as long as we can, I'm going to say 30 days. I don't think I could do it longer than a month. So since I've turned 21, this might be the longest I've gone without it, I think. And that's kind of crazy. Oh, 100% is. I mean, I honestly don't you're think you're 24, I'm fucking 28. I don't think I've gone since I've turned 21 more than seven days without alcohol. No, because you drink every weekend. Or just like at – nothing is better than coming home. or We work from home most of the time. At the end of the workday, just crack and open a beer. It's just yeah. great. And I miss it, and I can't wait to do it. Yep, yep. So I'm going to say 30 days. Travis says 90. This last one. There's another one. Pull the internet. Would you rather – and I know Travis answered this before I even asked the question. Would you rather, A, be permanently hungover, or, B, never be able to drink again? My God, I get the worst hangovers in the world. But permanently hungover? Like, what about when you're drinking? You still feel like shit, I guess. That's not even worth it. That's not, for me, it's a no-brainer. I'm never going to be able to drink again. I cannot yeah. stand being hungover. Like, a lot of people get – like, I don't know how yours are. Like, I don't get – like, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, my head's throbbing, but I take some Advil and lay back down and it goes away. For me, it's like I just – my body feels like shit the next day. Like, my bones hurt. Like, my, I don't sleep right, so my back hurts. I'm like – this fucking sucks, dude. No, mine are typical worst hangovers possible. If it's bad, I will have a throbbing headache to where I can't even open my eyes. And then anytime I like even want to move my body, I just want to puke. Yeah, Travis is a very violent puker when he's hungover. Like, I don't see, I've never, I've puked the day after drinking one time. And that was on a float trip where I literally drank, float trip weekend where I drink all weekend. And I yacked the morning we left, but I've never been a day after throw up person. So no, that's I. I am straight throw upper. Um, I've thrown up many times the next day. Jared has been witness to many of them. But I have filled up bathtubs with hot water when I'm at, when I'm hungover just to sit in them. Matter of fact, funny story for everybody here. <laughs> so 
Travis came to Mizzou uh, when I was a senior. So instead of getting, live, getting to live in the dorm, since, his, since he had a sibling who lived off campus and he was going to live with them, he got to, you know, sign a, some papers and got to live off campus. So cool for him got to save money, but he also got to live with his older brother and um, his roommates. Uh, first night, I think it's the weekend before school, weekend before classes start, we go out to this party, and it was a fun one. Um, got really, really drunk. And the next day we had a fantasy football draft. And a lot of people were I, don't even, I think the draft was at like 2 o'clock. Yeah, it was in the That's afternoon. Bad thing. I had been recovered. I would woken up. I had drank my water, my Gatorades, went and got some food. I was good to go. Travis, Not to mention people were coming over for this draft. Yeah, I tried to come back and Travis is, like you said, literally in the bathtub at this apart, at, at our condo or whatever it is with a wash rag over his head. Then he gets out of the bathtub and lays on the couch with a wash rag on his head and does the entire draft wet like that with a, just laying on the couch with a wash rag on his head. The most funniest thing ever. I also have a picture of you throwing up. We had to stop the car the day after your 21st birthday. Yep, I remember the exact spot where I had to yak too, and it was awful. I had, uh, but yeah, that story that was my first night in college. First night. Yeah. So, but it, it, and that's an easy question. It said seventy six percent of the barstool barstool readers chose B to never be able to drink again, just because hangovers suck. Like for you, it's it's headaches and throwing up. For me, I have a little bit of a headache. Sometimes a bigger one than others, but it goes away. And I just, but I just feel groggy. My, like, you know, when your eyes sag and they feel tired, like all day hangovers, like that's like my, my eyes sag. I feel tired, but I don't want to nap. My body aches. It just sucks. Hangovers get more like that when you get to my, when you get to be closer to 30, I guess. Yeah. That's uh that's no fun. So those were, those were some good ones. I like those. Yeah. I haven't done one in a couple of weeks. So I wanted to, I don't even think we've done one since our Christmas episode. So I wanted to put one out for you guys. Here we go. Alrighty. Well, hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you guys enjoy our picks, either, you know, tail or fade. One of them, check out those teasers. Should be a fun time. The teasers are always fun to bet on. And then obviously tune into UFC 246. Um, if you're in the area, hit us up. And uh, you guys have a fantastic weekend. Peace.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 